Welcome to Don't Read Drunk, a podcast about books and booze. I'm Jenny, and I'll be your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I hope this finds everyone safe and sound. I know we've got a few listeners in the Ukraine, and believe me, I'm thinking about you every day and praying for your safety. I am absolutely repulsed by the continuing war in the Ukraine. And if anyone else like me is here in the United States and has been paying attention, remember, in this war, it's the women and children who are suffering the most. Children are losing their parents. Women are not only losing their homes, but their children, their partners. They're also being tortured, raped, sexually assaulted. It's disgusting and it upsets me so much. Again, I'm wondering what is war good for? Because right now I'm definitely not seeing anything positive this and it just absolutely sickens me. I did see someone post at one point excusing the invasion and saying that it wasn't that big of a deal because we need to remember, and I'm not sure if it's the we, both the United States, anyone who's opposed to the war, but we need to remember that the Ukrainian government was one of the top, I think, three most corrupt governments in the world. And I I don't even know if that's true or not. I actually didn't really fact check that to see if that was true. I I certainly believe it. (laughs) And the point is, though, is it doesn't really matter. Corruption is terrible. And I've raged against it all the time. And I'm pretty sure I've raged against corruption at every level. There's corruption everywhere. In our local city government, I'm sure there's corruption. The thing is, is that that does not excuse what is happening to the people of the Ukraine. And what is happening is reprehensible. And it's not at all justified by the excuse that uh, that the Ukrainian government was one of the most corrupt. Then let's fix the government. Let's not invade and cause the people of the Ukraine to suffer. I, I could complain about this and I could bitch about this for a long time. So let's move on to some positive things. I've seen some new listeners, quite a few new listeners join recently. So I want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. I am extremely passionate about what I'm doing. I do this for fun. It's a hobby. I don't get paid for this, so I just love doing it, and I'm glad to have you here. Feel free to share your thoughts. You can email me at don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. There's no apostrophe in the don't. Again, that's don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. And like I said, it is a hobby podcast. So if you are interested in donating even just a little bit, five bucks makes a ton of difference. You can become a Patreon and donate a dollar monthly makes a huge difference in what I'm doing here because there are expenses that I'm paying out of pocket to continue this that I'm very passionate about. (laughs) Also, remember to check out Scribed. I've mentioned Scribed before. It's basically an audiobook kind of streaming service. There are ebooks on there as well. I use it just strictly for the audiobooks. It's, I think, $9.99 a month, but you can check it out and get two months free using my link in the show notes. And I've talked about just my experience with it. And there was a time where one of the months where I listened so much that they started limiting what I could listen to. Since that has happened, I have not had anything limited anymore. I I haven't been listening as much because I think that first month that I was trying out Scribed, I really wanted to get the most out of it I could, especially because it was free. (laughs) 
uh, like, hey, let me take advantage of this free month. But it is something I think I'm going to keep and I'm going to pay for when we get to that point because I am really enjoying it. And if you are listening to it and using it there, you can totally get your money's worth. So it depends on, I think, your consumption level too. But even if you max out what you're technically able to consume, I think it's totally worth it. If you're interested in Scribed, it's spelled S-C-R-I-B-D and you can get two months free using my link in the show notes. I don't get paid from Scribed, by the way. I just really like it. I do get a free month if you sign up though. So when you sign up using my link, then start sending your link to your friends so you can get some free months too. Moving on to the booze, I wanted something a little heavier and more solid for this really intense series. This is a thick book and it's very hard. It's a very hardcore read. So I wanted something that aligned with that. And I had decided on that pug oatmeal stout. And if you have been listening, you know, I love stouts, especially oatmeal stouts. And I have a fat pug. (laughs) So I had to try fat pug oatmeal stout. So the vet said he needs to lose weight because he's eating too many chicken nuggets. So he's got to cut back on the chicken nuggets and lose some weight. So he's still a little fat, but he has lost some weight. He's getting healthier. And now that the weather's getting better, we're getting outside for more walks. We're getting healthier together. So I got to read my book and was drinking and snuggling with a fat pug. (laughs) Fat pug brewed by Maplewood Brewing Company in Chicago. And the name is named after the head brewer's pug. The pug's name is Otto. How awesome is that? I love that name. So great name for his pug. My pug's name is Tolliver. And he's a fat pug too. The alcohol by volume is 5.9. And when if you've had stouts before, you know, there's kind of like this almost caramely flavor. And this tasted a little more like syrupy, like maple syrupy to me. So I didn't know if that was something like getting in my head with the Maplewood Brewing Company, or if there was actually that flavor, just a touch. Uh, and I couldn't find anything in the description about maple syrup. So I'm guessing that's just all in my mind. <laughs> But that's what I could taste when I had some of it. But the sweetness does come from the lactose in in the brewing process. It's a good solid stout. I would say it's a little lighter, a little cleaner than other stouts that I've had. A little more carbonated too, which isn't a bad thing. It's just a little different than, than what some other stouts are brewed as. So it's not the same like soft mouth feel. I think I've mentioned the poet oatmeal stout is one of my all times up there. And it's not quite that soft mouth feel that you get from the poet. This almost reminds me a little more of like a Guinness than some other stouts that I've had, but really good. And I will definitely be drinking some more fat pug while I'm hanging out with my fat pug. Today we are talking about the fifth season by N.K. Jemison, And N.K. is initials for Nora Kita, Nora Kita Jemison. I'm wondering, is it, did she use her initials because people still are judging authors based on gender? I know that for a while, female authors were using their initials because they couldn't sell sci-fi the way that men could. So I'm wondering, is I hope that's not still the case here. I mean, honestly, the only reason I still care about an author's sex or color is if I'm looking for diversity, which is also interesting too, because if you didn't know, there are plenty of men 
that white write women's romance. They just write under a pen name. Unfortunately, if there is still a need for authors using initials, that's stupid. So the Broken Earth trilogy won Hugo Awards for all three books, and she's won a ton of other awards in her series. Check out her page for more details on that. As you know, I'm not really a big awards person, even in book, book, TV, Grammys, all that crap. I don't care so much about the awards. I just care about what I think of the book, the movie. So I didn't want to spend too much time of it on it. But there is a link in the show notes if you want to take a look. From her website, her biography, N.K. Jemison was raised in Mobile, Alabama and New York City. Uprooted in two places, her childhood anchor was fiction. She spent hours at the local library and self-published her own handwritten book with cardboard covers and yarn binding, which is awesome. I'm super impressed with her ingenuity as a child. She's the first author in the genre's history to win three consecutive Best Novel Hugo Awards, which I did say that earlier. She won Hugo Awards for all three um, for the Broken Earth trilogy. Her work has won the Nebula and Locus Awards, and she is a 2020 MacArthur Fellow. Her first book in current Great Cities trilogy, The City We Became, is a New York Times bestseller. Her speculative works range from fantasy to science fiction to the undefinable. Her themes include resistance to oppression, the inseverability of the liminal, and the coolness of blowing stuff up. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) See, you can be a woman and like stuff blowing up. I love that in action films when stuff blows up. In her spare time, she's a gamer and gardener responsible for saving the world from, oh gosh, I should have looked at how to pronounce this, King Ozymandias. King Ozymandias. Her dangerously intelligent ginger cat and his destructive sidekick, the marvelous Master Magpie. I always love when authors put a little of their personality into the bio, and she definitely did that. So she would be somebody that I think we could drink a fat pug together. Although she's a cat person, she and I might not get along that great since I'm a dog person. But we're both readers, writers, and I think that would make us get along. Also, I had to share this too. I don't normally read the frequently asked questions, and I definitely don't share them on the podcast, but I loved this so much that I wanted to share this. Here's her, the FAQ. So you're black and a woman in science fiction. What's that about? And her response to this is, I understand why these questions are important. It is disheartening that people keep asking them, however, or some version of them. At this point, for me, these questions are a reflection of the larger problem, that for those of us who are other, capital O, other, we are constantly called upon to explain our existence. And if you heard that shake in the background, that was my fat bug. Therefore, I ask that interviewers stop doing it and think of something more interesting. (laughs) And she she has such a great point that people, whether it's women or um, people of color, they're so constantly asked to justify their existence or explain their existence. Like, for example, a woman in in my daytime job, there's not as many women as there are in men. I shouldn't have to explain my existence because that's just who I am and I'm doing a job and I am just as good as the men out there. Let's ask some more interesting questions. Let's talk about some more interesting things and let's not put it upon anybody who's other to have them explain 
why they need to be here or why it's important that they're here. Just, I love the way she put that. So moving on to the book. The fifth season is the first book in the Broken Earth trilogy. And this is a science fiction fantasy novel set on a fictional planet with only one giant continent and a very powerful man of a specific kind, which I didn't write down, but I'll tell you later, (laughs) uses his power to fracture this continent, setting the climate into a very dangerous and deadly fifth season. This story follows three females of all different ages who are on very different missions set in different time periods. And the story starts out in a really heartbreaking beginning with one of the major characters. Her name is Essen, and she's weeping over her son's dead body. And honestly, as a mother, I almost had to stop right then and there. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I don't think I'm going to read this book because this is too heartbreaking. I teared up a little bit and I just had to get things together before I kept going. But it was definitely a great way to pull me in and make me immediately empathize with Essen. I do really dislike how Essen's story is written in second person. Like related to her very much on several levels. It's very disconcerting. And I've had a hard time going back to her story after reading stories of the other two, Sayanite and Demaya. They're kind of split into sections. So I would read something about Demaya and then go to Essen. And it was a little jarring and, and disconcerting. And only a few of the reviews mentioned this part of it, which surprised me because I don't know if I can think of offhand a book that I've read that uses second person besides this. It's a very different writing tool. Though I will say once I understood this is something I need to get used to, this isn't just something that happens in in the beginning, I found myself able to get more fully immersed in the book. And when we look at another fantasy book that we just talked about, Evan Winter's Rage of Dragons. His book was really fast-paced and action-packed as a page-turner. Gemma slowly, like, kind of unfurls her ideal. And there's definitely similar elements of revenge in both books, though. You'll definitely see this in practically every review and everything you read about Jemison. Her world-building is incredible. It's uh, so amazing. And I'm not even a big fantasy fan, but the way she writes and the way she builds her world is just amazing. She breaks up the society into communities, castes, species, and ethnicities. At least my copy of the book did not have a breakdown in this of this information. So if you need some help while you're reading, Wikipedia was a good resource to kind of break that down. Just don't read anything about the plot because there are definite spoilers in the plot. Thankfully, I don't like to look up anything before I finish the book. So I didn't spoil anything for myself. But it definitely, as I was reading, I was like, if I'm going to refer people to Wikipedia, I should tell them, don't spoil the book for yourself. There is a trigger warning that I would like to offer to readers too. And we won't go into details too. So it's not as much trigger warning for the podcast as it is for the book specifically. But there is a lot of violence in the book and a, a large amount of it is against children. And I definitely flinched several times reading the book. There were times that I wondered if the violence was really necessary. But after finishing the book, I do recognize that Jemison had specific reasons for creating the story the way she did. Though if you cannot handle graphic descriptions of violence, especially violence against children or young adults, then I do not recommend this. Jemison has such an incredible voice. And there were things that I couldn't get out of my head even after reading. And one of the things that she states early on in the book is, quote, but much of history is unwritten. Remember this. This quote shook me so much to my core. And it it probably shouldn't have because 
this is pretty obvious. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard the quote, history is written by the winners, or at least just some people saying not necessarily quoting that history is written by winners. So personally, I've never taken too much stock in the history that I've learned as being the most accurate description of what happened. Even people just in relating what happened to them, things get lost in translation. People don't remember things correctly. But it makes me wonder again, why history is taught to our students and why we're not talking more about critical race theory. I mean, do people even realize what critical race theory is? And why are we not teaching our children more about critical thinking? Not to say that we aren't teaching our children about critical thinking, because we definitely are. My son is 10, and he's learning certain aspects of critical thinking. But why is that not more important in high school learning? Why is that discussion not being had more? And why aren't we talking about critical thinking during history to say, here's what we're teaching about history, but how much of this is true? What of history has been unwritten? What are the stories that haven't been told. To me, it just makes more sense to eschew some history for critical thinking. And sorry, that was another tangent that I could go off on. Another great quote is a great reminder to all. The ending of one story is just the beginning of another. And along with that reminder is the people we love are the ones who hurt us most often of all. Though in defense of our loved ones hurting us the most, it's because we are most invested in them. So they are most easily able to hurt us. It's a skill that I'm working on, which is not caring about really what other people think of me. Age has definitely helped with that. And so does the booze. Also, interestingly enough, going back to the book, (laughs) Jemison talks about Father Earth versus Mother Earth. I'm not 100% sure why she does this. It could be she wants to separate this new world that she's created from our Earth. I know that would make sense, uh, but it's something that definitely throws me off a little when when I read it. I I do think Jemison could be making several statements by using Father Earth in second person. And this is just just a thought. I don't know if she intended for this to be the case at all. But they speak to me as statements. Because when she's doing these, when she's writing Father Earth and when she's writing in second person, it's jarring and sometimes uncomfortable. And it reminded me about the importance of getting out of my comfort zone, which I'm definitely trying to do with the podcast, trying new authors, reading different genres, reading genres that I'm not or haven't historically been a huge fan of. But I've really enjoyed the fantasy. Just again, tangent and off topic. Fantasy has never been one of my favorite genres. But both the fifth season and Rage of Dragons that I picked up, I have really enjoyed amazing. And I think people should read them. I definitely recommend them. I'm actually going to visit my folks in Tennessee. And there's the fat pug shaking again. (laughs) Going to visit my folks in Tennessee and plan on bringing both Rage of Dragons and the fifth season down to my dad. I don't know if my mom will be interested in getting into them, but I definitely think that my dad would would like them and kind of get him out of his comfort zone a little bit too, but in an enjoyable way. Anyways, my point being that while trying new things for me as I'm talking about new authors, different genres, or more of a genre, different drinks. These are pretty simple things. We really need to challenge ourselves in order to educate and better understand ourselves. In line with this is how Jemison portrays the fear of the Origines people. And the three main characters are all Origines. They're like a different species. They're powerful and they can do great damage. And so there's a lot of fear around that unknown of what they're able to control, how they're able to control it. But they don't really seem to be that different 
different as far as the way that some are good and some are not so good. And as we've discussed, people in general are not all good or all bad. And that's the same with the Origines people. Speaking of the Origines people, I love how Jemison has them use the power around them as their source of power. The rocks, the plants, buildings, and all the things around us and around them have an energy that they can harness. This is part of the basis of the Wiccan religion and other nature-based religions that the energy in everything around us can impact us both positively and negatively. I once had someone laugh at me and laugh about how I believe that rocks have magic power. (laughs) And I was super irritated when this person said this to me. And it's not at all like that person thought. And I shouldn't have taken it personally because obviously they have no idea what my beliefs are. And if you'd like to ask a person about their beliefs or talk to a person about their beliefs, I'd recommend that you ask them before you start making assumptions. So now I'm off on a tangent again. But that's also what I love about David C. Smalley's podcast, which I recommended last week. He talks with people from all different religions about their views and then challenges them in their beliefs. And he does it from a very thoughtful, respectful place. He's really well educated and asks a lot of great questions before making assumptions. So check out David C. Smalley's podcast. (laughs) Back to the book, though. It is a page turner, but story driven in a way that you want to know the fates of the characters that you grow to empathize with. For me, it's a four out of five. And just because even if Jemison did have a reason, I still didn't love the second person and the very descriptive violence. On Goodreads, it gets a 4.55. And here are some of the other reviews. The only thing holding me back from fully enjoying the book was how much time was spent in fully esoteric environments. Best book slash trilogy I've read recently. Brilliant world building. A little slow going. Someone said writing is silly and gimmicky, but they didn't really go into detail on how. So I'm not exactly sure how much weight we should put on that review, but I still like to include reviews, even if I don't agree with them, just so everyone listening can kind of understand where other people are coming from. Unnecessary violence. And now I want to kind of talk about this one just for a minute because I definitely talked about the violence earlier and the violence was something that affected the violence was something that impacted me as well. And I've got to say, first of all, look at what's going on in the world around us. I'm not sure that the violence in a book is comparable to the complete unnecessarily violence that's happening in the Ukraine right now. And yes, I'm connecting those two things. <laughs> but I think unnecessary violence in a book is much more easily overlooked than unnecessarily violence in the real world. And I also kind of disagree. I don't think it was totally unnecessary or gratuitous. And then the same person starts judging Jemison as someone who carries a lot of around a lot of anger and she's disturbed. What the hell is this person talking about? Has this reviewer read anything by Stephen King? And if they do, um, I wonder what they think of Stephen King. Probably something similar. <laughs> and poor character development, which I, I disagreed with and, and kind of wonder exactly what me- they mean by that. Because there's definitely, I think, some good character growth. Interesting comment anyways. So media recommendations for this week. Studio 666, which is the Foo Fighters. And it's like a fictionalized movie about the Foo Fighters. And it is so bad, but it is so funny. I laughed so much. I love Dave Grohl. And when did he, and probably me, get so old? (laughs) 
even though he's playing a fictionalized version of himself, he is a pretty good actor. Speaking of gratuitous violence, that is a movie that has gratuitous violence and it's way more gory than I like. So even though I would say I enjoyed this bad movie, I definitely looked away a number of times and was like, oh, is it over yet? I don't want to see that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I guess I'd recommend the fifth season over Studio 666, but it was funny. And in a total opposite direction, <laughs> Southern Charm on Netflix, which is based on a romance novel series by Cheryl Woods, which I've never read any of Cheryl Woods book, but the show is super cute. If you want something simple, enjoyable, I highly recommend it. The worst part of it is Jamie Lynn Spears. I'm sorry, Jamie Lynn Spears. I really like the character that she plays, but she kind of sucks as an actress. <laughs> That is all I have for media recommendations for this week. You can find me on Twitter at Don't Read Drunk, Instagram at Don't Read Drunk. You can email me at Don't Read Drunk at gmail.com, and my website is Don't Read Drunk. Again, none of them have an apostrophe in the don't. Also, this is a hobby podcast. So if you are interested in supporting this at all and helping it continue, you can do a one-time donation on PayPal using my email, don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. No apostrophe in the don't. You can support this podcast also by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash don'treaddrunk. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash don'treaddrunk. Thank you so much to my sponsors, Aaron Ruiz at One Up Till Sun Up, who created the music. You can find One Up Till Sun Up uh, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, TikTok, Avenue Coffee House. You can find them on Facebook and at their website, avenue-coffeehouse.com. Next episode is going to be The Stranger Beside Me by Ann Rule, which is about serial killer Ted Bundy. So looking forward to talking about that one. Thanks for listening. Bye, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.